The Water Values Podcast is sponsored by the following market-leading companies and organizations. By Black & Veatch, building a world of difference. By Ziptility, the only app utility crews need to find, fix, and manage infrastructure assets from the field. By Intera, geoscience and engineering solutions. By Xylem, let's solve water. And by the American Waterworks Association, dedicated to the world's most important resource. This is session 169. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey and thanks for joining me. And I hope this finds you safe and healthy amidst the ongoing COVID-19 public health crisis. Hope you are staying safe, staying healthy. Today, Waterworks Fund CEO Lon Johnson comes out to discuss Waterworks crowdfunding platform for the water sector. And we also have Reese Tisdale back for another Bluefield on Tap segment. But first, a little housekeeping. Again, a hearty thank you to our sponsors, Black & Veatch, Ziptility, Intera, Xylem, and the American Waterworks Association. Thanks so much, guys. And I'd also like to th- you for you to do me a favor. If you work for any one of the sponsors or if you work with any of the sponsors, please tell your contact, tell your boss, thank you for their support of the water industry through their sponsorship of the Water Values Podcast. Thank you again. And as long as you're letting the sponsors know you appreciate Uh, them supporting the water industry and why not leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in or whatever other podcast directory you access the podcast on that'd be greatly appreciated and will help others find out about the podcast now it's time for this month's bluefield on tap segment with bluefield research president reese tisdale here we go all right reese welcome to another bluefield on tap how you doing today pretty good dave how about yourself Doing well, doing well, just trying to keep my sanity, staying home, uh, working from home. Uh, as you know, we're all affected by this COVID-19 pandemic. Are there any unique issues out there that you're seeing um, uh, that, that are just kind of bubbling up now? So, you know, in all of this, I, I would do everything not to be depressing. You know, I, <laughs> I'm, look, I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm trying to kind of, you know you know, have fun and do what we do and, and explore. And, and, and so in this case, looking for bright spots, we've done a webinar recently, we put out a white paper and clients have been coming to us saying like, do you have anything good to tell me? And one thing that, that did come up, which look, we're all sitting at home, as you mentioned, we're all watching whether it be Netflix or Disney plus, or we're all on our computers. We're doing plenty of zoom calls. I think every kid in America is using zoom and uh, school child that is. But it made us think, like, what's happening with data centers? You know, data centers has always been this sort of segment out there that there's been change happening. And we've discussed water usage. And it's really interesting to see, one, not only how much water they use for cooling their systems, but also just the transition to larger and larger, um, you know, uh, facilities, right? So we're talking, you know, million-plus square feet of uh million plus square feet of um observer rooms basically and they get super hot and so you know a lot of companies are now having to really focus on 
water and how they're managing their water water usage. Yeah, can you can you kind of dig into that a little more? I mean, because that's not. I think the average person on the street is going to think about a data center and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to connect that water is impacted by it. So can you, can you dig into that a little more for us? Yeah. So for context, um, the big numbers, admittedly, we don't track every single facility. So globally, there are about 8 million server data centers, broadly speaking in the U S are about 3 million. So if you're looking at 3 million in the U S um, that's a lot of data centers. What does that mean? That's like small server room, office server rooms to what are now called large hyperscale data centers. And the hyperscale is really what the segment that's growing the fastest. And globally, there are about 500 plus of them, 510. And about half of the 200, 200 plus are in the U.S., they are huge, right? And they're kind of, I want to say, off the grid, metaphorically speaking, in the sense that, metaphorically speaking, if that's the right way to put it, is, you know, they remain kind of hidden. They're windowless, huge facilities that um, have, you know, thousands and thousands of, of servers just crunching data. And they're increasingly important because with the move towards the cloud, right? So good, you know, whether it be Amazon or Salesforce or Google or Facebook, you know, all that data is out in the cloud. These things are crunching massive amounts of data and they get hot. And so these, the large facilities, they can use, you know, in some cases a million and a half to, and I know some have contracts or requests to, from cities to use up to 5 million gallons per day of water. And that's really for cooling purposes. There are no windows to wash in these facilities. It's just, it's just cooling. And cooling is a major issue, or it's a, it's a cost for these, um, these heating or increase hot facilities that need to be cooled through some kind of air conditioning um, system. So it's interesting to see what they're doing and they're doing different things. One, they are, um, in, in a couple cases, they are reclaiming or reusing wastewater from municipal facilities, taking that uh, water that's been treated and cleaned and then supplementing their, their supply, uh, you know, just one to reduce costs, but also it's, you know, to some extent it may be a little bit of greenwashing, but it's also, Hey, they're reusing wastewater that was otherwise just going to be discharged. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's kind. Of, it's just the scale and number of these things is immense. And you know, it's not just Amazon, Google, and you know, Facebook. Those are the big brand names, the blue chips. You see, there's a number of there are private companies, there are real estate investment trusts that do have um, do, do play a big role in the sector and. It's interesting to kind of see where they are. Um, one interesting takeaway that you can see, they're obviously near metropolitan areas and they're growing in other parts of the world as well as the interweb, as I jokingly calls it, expands uh, into the cloud. But Northern Virginia is kind of, is the hotspot. So um, that's a big place where there are a number of facilities. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, um, do you have any thoughts on kind of where, you know, where the data center water usage, um, 
issues are going to take us in terms of, of, of water supply or anything like that? Well, they've become more efficient over the past five years. You know, so even though these, the number of facilities has increased, they have become more efficient. Um, and partly driven by, you know, public pushback, you know, they're using such volumes and if they're close to cities and they're getting, you know, they're using public sources, then, you know, they have to form agreements. And you do see when this is a Berkeley County, South Carolina is one area where there's some, uh, there is, you know, a public pushback or outcry against a data center. What is interesting, they will continue to, I could say, I don't know, push the envelope. That might be a little strong. But they are going to look for ways to get away from direct air conditioning. Is it, I think that's what most people think. You have a cooling system. you got an HVAC unit, and you're cooling your facility. What they are doing is looking at ways to and are using uh, basically fluids that in which the servers are actually held and that the fluids are drawing the heat away more efficiently from the servers and then piped over and, and into a heat exchanger and cooled that way. It's a bit more efficient. It doesn't seem like there's ever going to be a waterless uh, cooling system. I think that'll be hard to do because water, water is actually a cost-effective way of doing it um, to a point. And then but just the volumes and the heat to... Uh, to in the in to run the heat exchangers is getting pretty costly. Interesting so, stuff. Interesting stuff. Well, um, Reese, as always, you've done a great job kind of filling us in on a kind of a unique aspect of uh, the water sector. So thanks so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, I look forward to it. There's a lot happening, so we should have plenty to talk about next time. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll see you then. All right. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye. As always, great information from Reese. Now it's on to our feature interview with Lon Johnson. So let's get that water flowing. Well, Lon, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. So glad you could come on today. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Oh, terrific. Terrific. Uh, for starters, could you tell us a little about your background and how you got interested in the water space? Sure. Um, I worked in politics for many years and uh, from there went into private equity and like most of the listeners, and I think of uh, a, a lot of people out there, I saw, um, you know, I, I see uh, a, a lot of problems piling up. And, you know, I think that we have to start to develop new ways to address them, you know, between population growth, aging infrastructure, um, um, climate change, and increased urbanization. Um, I believe that, you know, those problems are pressing down and, and and resulting in, you know, uh, uh, water scarcity and uh, catastrophic infrastructure failure. And what we're trying to do is to, you know, advance potential water solutions out there by introducing investors to opportunities in technology companies and projects uh, through our online investing platform, waterworksfund.com. Yeah, tell us a little more about Waterworks. Um, what 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 is it? How, you know, kind of what you've, you've kind of told us what the brainchild was behind, but what? But tell us a little more about uh, about the the entity itself. Sure. You know, first off, thanks to a, a law that went into effect in May of 2016, uh, a law called Regulation Crowdfunding. Uh, private businesses have the ability to raise investment capital from both accredited and non-accredited investors uh, online. Uh, in addition, the law allows digital marketing of of offerings via email, internet, and social media. 
And so Waterworks was created to help, uh, to help advance potential water solutions by introducing investors to opportunities in technology companies and projects through our online investing platform, waterworksfund.com. In short, you know, at Waterworks, investors may find opportunity um, and companies or projects may find capital and potential water solutions may be accelerated. Right. So you're, you're a clearinghouse that helps investors find projects and helps projects find investors, right? That, that's right. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're creating a community that, you know, will seek to help fix water problems that never get solved with, with potential approaches that might have never been tried. You know, if technology and new solutions can revolutionize how water can be protected and used, then we believe that a new way to finance and invest in those opportunities needs to be built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, terrific. So there's the, let, let's start uh, going down this road first off on, before we get to the investor side and the pro- project side, let's talk a little about just the market in general and, and, you know, why crowdfunding makes sense for water projects. So could you, could you address that kind of threshold issue? Sure. Well, we, we started, you know, we started to see, you know, one of the problems out there that we, we do, we're not pessimistic. We do believe that there's enough fresh water out there. We do believe there are smart companies out there doing smart, you know, doing smart things. But we saw and believe there's a lack of early stage investors and capital for water solution companies, which ultimately we think slows the development and adoption of needed technology in the sector. And we also saw and think that institutional investment models hinder the sourcing and the due diligence, uh, the transaction and management of small investments. Um, And we think that there are, you know, at the end of the day, we think there's many innovative technologies and projects that exist to help solve our water problems, but too often finding investment capital for these uh, solutions is difficult. And that's where Waterworks comes in. You know, we want to, Waterworks is a place for people to learn about water challenges and become partners on potential solutions um, by investing, um, by investing uh, in, a, in a piece of the project or a company. Great. So, you know, I think you've set it up fairly nicely in terms of what, what the opportunity is. And so let's, let's take a look at the project side first before we talk about the investment side, because I think that's kind of where where folks might, um, you know, that there, there aren't going to be any investors without the projects. Right. And so talk about what, what kinds of projects are eligible to be, to be, uh, take advantage of the waterworks fund. What, um, you know, so let's just start with that. What kind of projects are, uh, eligible to be, to be considered to, for this crowdfunding platform? tend to offer you know, investors access to an array of you know, investment opportunities, including those that may use you know, innovative technologies like uh, data analytics or new materials or AI or IoT. Um, you know, broadly, um, you know, companies that, uh, that go on our site can, uh, companies seeking to raise funds on Waterworks can raise a maximum aggregate amount of $1,070,000 through crowdfunding offerings in a 12-month period under this regulation crowdfunding um, and an unlimited amount under regulation D. So uh, broadly, a, a company that's seeking to raise capital can come to our site 
and we would work with them uh, and could apply, and then we would work with them to fill out the necessary uh, forms that they need to get filled out, as well as to prepare their offering page. And we would work with them uh, to develop that and then list that offering on our, on our website. Yeah. And have you, have you determined that, you know, the, the, the cap on investment through, through the crowdfunding, um, platform is, is that, um, you know, is that, is that going to give companies the necessary capital or, 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 or companies kind of combining the, the, you know, chapter D with crowdfunding to get the necessary funding or how, what, what's, what are, what are companies that, that are seeking, capital what are they doing or how are they mixing the the investment portfolio well, you know, like most companies are you know most water start companies are you know startup uh companies in the water space they're looking to raise capital um now that could be you know for a um a very finite uh, uh project you know of uh water for a pilot that they're trying to get done or for expansion on their marketing or to develop a, a prototype or what have you so what we would work with them is to develop their investment offering, <clears throat> excuse me, get that register, uh, get that uh, that paperwork filed, and then get their listing uh, offered up on a page that uh, they then they then could market to uh, on a you know on a nationwide basis via the internet. All right, so 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 Lon, we're in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak right now. How is that impacted, or and what opportunities does it have for this crowdfunding platform? Sure. Um, Central to the arsenal of defeating COVID-19 is water, you know, and so it may be for the next crisis and the next, or perhaps water will be the next crisis. So, you know, like many water companies out there, we continue uh, our work during this time. Um, particularly now, um, we think, you know, we, we're reaching out to various water uh, companies that are seeking to raise capital and, and showing them um, how they can raise capital online. Um, you know, I think our water, you know, we're developing an online community here that's energized to work through this crisis. Um, you know, we built at, at Waterworks a pretty straightforward process for a company to list an investment offering and connect with potential investors via the internet, social media, and email, uh, raising investment capital, you know, on, on online at Waterworks allows you to one, start to access a growing community of investors. Two, to tailor your offering terms. Um, three is to is to gain market and media exposure. And four is to is to build a network of company advocates. You know, in particular during this time of social isolation, we think giving companies that are seeking to raise capital the ability to do so online is something of, of value. Right, right. And um I'm not going to ask you anything about how it's going because there are open, open issues and we don't want to run afoul of the law. Uh, but you know, kind of, where do you see this, where do you see this going, uh, in terms of, uh, the, the number of projects that you're talking to about getting, getting started and getting listed and things of that nature? Well, you know, our, you know, we've seen, you know, uh, across the, um, you know, across the spectrum of the economy, we've seen the internet really, uh, disrupt, Industries, um, and what we're seeking to do is to um, is to disrupt how uh, uh, disrupt and in, in fact just aid uh, water technology companies' uh, ability to raise capital. 
you know, as you know, water, water companies have a longer valley of death um, than uh, your typical companies. Um, you know, they, whether, you know, because of fragmentation or uh, it's uh, water companies are slower to commercialize than others. Um, what we're trying to do is to slowly build a community of, of water investors that understand this space and, and do want to invest in it. Um, you know, over time, um, what we're seeking to do is, again is to build a nationwide network of water investors that, um, that water technology companies can put their offering in front of. In terms of if, I'm, if I have a technology or if I have a, um, a project that I want to fund, mm-hmm. is it possible to uh, go on essentially do a project by project based? So it, it doesn't necessarily have to be equity in the whole company. There are debt structurings. What, what are all the different types of offerings that can be achieved through the crowdfunding that's platform? A, that's a great question. In terms of the types of offerings um, that, uh, that a water company can put up, um, you have a, a, a great amount of latitude. Um, you can put up both debt or equity types of investments, which gives a water technology company uh, quite a bit of, uh, of options. Um, you know, for an example, if you were seeking to finance a water project or a water pilot, um, that is something that you can structure and put together an offering for. Or if you were seeking to do um, an investment around equity in your company, you can structure that and put that up. Yeah. And you've, we've talked a lot about water technology. What about, I'm just kind of curious, just throwing this out here. What if there's a water utility that wants to finance a specific project, could they come to you and do the same thing? Yeah, there's quite a bit of uh, criteria there. It depends on the type of the, the entity, the water utility, uh, and it, it largely depends on the type of entity seeking the funds. But um, we'd be more than happy to have a, a, a conversation with them and to see if they if they would qualify. Right, right. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, investor side. Uh, so in Tell me how it works if if you are interested in learning about some of the uh, some of the projects that are being offered on on the WaterWorks site. Mm-hmm. Well, you would go to waterworksfund.com and and from there you'll see different investment offerings. And you know, and this is universal to you know crowdfunding uh, portals you know uh, nationwide. You would go to the site, you would then look at the different uh, offerings, you would click on the offering, and you would learn. There, you know, about the the company, the the team, the product, the, their potential for growth. Um, you would review the terms, um, and from there, if you've decided that you, uh, if you also have the ability to ask questions and and see other questions that have been asked and answered, um, and you can conduct your transaction right there online. Yeah. And are there limits to uh, what an investor can invest or, or are there minimum limits for, for what the investor can put into the project? You know, what are some of the, the caps on investors? Sure. Um, the, uh, each individual offering has, first off, their own minimum investments that they set um, that they're willing to accept. So that could be as low as, you know, uh, you know this, it could be as little as $100 or it could, you know, it could be up as high as, a thousand or five thousand. Uh, there's no. Um, there's the the individual offerings have the ability to set their minimum uh, investment. Number one. Number two. You as an investor, uh, depending on your uh, both uh, your accreditation status or your non-accreditation status, 
um, have uh, limits to how much you can invest um, each, and it's a formula that um, a portal, our portal will walk you through on the non-accredited side. Um, and if you're an accredited uh, investor, the, the maximum you can invest is 107,000. Okay, good deal. So essentially 10% of the, the total, total cap uh, is what the max is. Uh, currently, yes. yes. Uh, for an accredited investor. Now, on the non-accredited side, an investor will have to go through a series of questions to determine the amounts, uh, the, the amount that they're that they're eligible to invest. Okay. Using Ter equity crowdfunding. Terrific. So, Lon, I, I, I've noticed on the website that you have a number of partnerships with uh, various various uh, kind of accelerators around the country. Could you talk a little about about those relationships and and how they fit into the whole waterworks uh, uh, business model. Sure, um, you know we've uh, we've put together some terrific partnerships around the country. Um, you know, and it's an attempt to build a water investment investment community. You know, um, and you know, by you know we think by democratizing both water investment opportunities for the investors and access to capital for the potential uh, solution provider, we're building an ever-expanding community of innovators and investors that can help drive potential water solutions at scale. Um, you know, that's why we, you know, this is about building a water community. It's why we reached out and built uh, the board we have. It's why we've built the, the partnerships that we have. Um, you know, what we're seeking to do is to, over time, build a, a nationwide network of water investors that, that can come and review uh, potential uh, solutions that are, are, are helping to advance uh, our water sector. Right, right. And so, uh, I mean, this is, this is no different than, than what kind of, a, this is kind of GoFundMe for water is what, what you've, you've kind of said. Um, except yeah, we've seen, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Yeah. Within public stock markets, uh, charitable causes, political, you know, the political donation community, you know, the internet has significantly disrupted the way capital is collected and deployed. And we see in the water, in, in the water community in particular, that we see a lot of water companies, um, uh, tech, um, that, you know, they're looking to raise between you know a quarter million or two million dollars and too often that small size of capital raise needed um, is it's not um, it's not attractive to a venture capital or private equity firm that's looking out to lay, looking to lay out larger clips of investment so we're trying to, to solve that problem you know, we're building a community of, you know, of, of investors uh, and not only uh, in solution providers that that believe delivering clean water and sanitation to all people is attainable, that um, potential water solutions exist, which can help our, you know, our oceans, our watersheds and communities um, that believe, um, you know, uh, healthy waters from stream to sea, you know, are achievable and that we believe that investors can help drive that change. And so what we're trying to do, you know, acting on those beliefs is we're, 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 we're working to build a community to seek to fix water problems that, you know, that never get solved with approaches that might have never been tried. Yeah, I mean, that, that it, it really sounds a lot like democratizing uh, water investments, democratizing uh, information about water, things, things of that nature. Um, 
What what have I not asked you, Lon, that you think is an important thing or important important thing to get across uh, that you want the listeners to kind of go home with, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we're led by our beliefs, um, and you know, Waterworks will not buy, sell, or or privatize water. Um, you know, our our beliefs here are that you know solutions exist. Um, which can help our oceans and, and watersheds and communities. Um, we believe that, you know, water problems are local and can be uh, solved locally. And we believe, though, that, you know, there are solutions out there. We believe there are potential solutions out there, um, but those solutions may need, you know, those solutions need, need investment capital. And we're trying to make it easier to raise that capital. Well said. Well said. Well, Lon, thank you so much for coming on today. For those folks who want to find out more about you, more about Waterworks, where can they go to get that information? Sure. Uh, Waterworksfund.com. W-A-T-E-R-W-O-R-K-S fund, F-U-N-D, waterworksfund.com. Awesome. Well, again, Lon, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a great day and uh, be safe and healthy out there. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. What a terrific and succinct interview Lon gave. Thank you so much, Lon. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day uh, to, to chat with us and discuss the Waterworks Fund crowdfunding platform for the water sector. Very interesting. And I uh, wish you the best of luck with that. Well, let uh, let me know what you liked about the podcast. You can tweet about the podcast using the hashtag water values. And you can tweet up at me using my handle at DTM1993. You can also email me at david.mcgimsey at dentons.com. That's david.mcgimsey at dentons.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter at the the, uh, the podcast homepage. Just Google the Water Values Podcast. It'll get you there. Um, the, the nice folks at Bluefield Researcher have been kind enough to host the uh, the homepage for the water values podcast. So thank you to a recent company for, for their continued support. And thank you for tuning in. And again, a huge thank you to our sponsors. Uh, again, those sponsors are the uh, black and Veatch, Ziptility, Intera, Xylem, and the American water works association. Really appreciate your support of water industry education and thought leadership through the sponsorship. So thank you very much. And I hope you're all, again, staying safe and healthy out there. Uh, And so in closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. listening to the water values podcast thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me well thank you for tuning in to the disclaimer i'm a lawyer licensed in indiana and colorado and nothing in this podcast should be taken as providing legal advice or as establishing an attorney client relationship with you or with anyone else 
Additionally, nothing in this podcast should be considered a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer that finds water issues interesting and that believes greater public education is needed about water issues. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water.